What's up, guys? This is Rich Tabishan, host of The Rich Life, the key to living your best life. What's up, guys? This is Rich Tabishan with, with The Rich Life, the key to living the great life. Very excited to be here. Uh, this episode is a finance-related episode, building wealth with real estate, called a topic that uh, actually was coined by Bigger Pockets, which is one of my favorite podcasts uh, for real estate investing and a really great website with forums and information up the butt. They have so much data and a really great community actually uh, of folks that um, that talk to each other about you know different deals going on. They got Facebook groups. They got their own forum. They got a really cool membership option um, if you want to get like uh, their rental calculators, things like that. Love, love their stuff. Excuse me, I'm burping over here. Um, love their stuff. Very excited to talk about house hacking. So they they actually have another term called Burr, which we'll we'll talk about some other time. Other time, they have a book out called um, House Hacking. I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was Jay Scott, maybe. So anyway, so house hacking. Let me explain what it is. Just very high level. Um, I'm actually, I had I started in real estate investing with house hacking myself. So I want to walk you through that. Let you know how that worked with me and kind of explain it. So first of all, what is house hacking? Think of house hacking as you buy a property and you you uh, put yourself in. Most people don't want to know, want to hear this, but you put yourself in a slightly uncomfortable position, not physical position, but you put yourself in a slightly uncomfortable position with the home that you buy by doing one of two things. You either rent out the rooms in the home as long-term rentals, meaning tenants. So you put tenants in the rooms or you do Airbnb and or like a short, short-term rental, like a VRBO, something like that. Um, which you can make more money because uh, per room it's like it's like having a little hotel or like a little boarding house something like that. Um, you can actually make more money, but it's not as consistent as having a tenant in a lease, right? Now it's not just about renting the rooms for the sake of renting the rooms, and it's not just about buying any house randomly, right? Just just for the sake of renting the rooms, but it's about um, buying a home to rent out the rooms. So that the numbers give you a net positive cash flow. That would be after the rooms that you've rented, which is your tenants, which is income, minus your down payment on the home, okay, which can be a 3.5% for FHA, or it can be um, a conventional loan, or if you're a VA, or you can, or if you're a veteran, you could do the VA loan, which is no money down, Okay. Uh, there's also some banks, depending on the banks locally, will give you like a first-time home buyer uh, down payment, low down payment. So you need to save up money, is what I'm saying, right? You need to save up enough cash for the purchase price of the home so that you have a down payment, proper percentage of a down payment. Okay. Once you do that, um, we're going to talk about personal finance in another one, but how to save and what strategies you can do and all that uh, with your with your income. But once you have the down payment for the house and you run the numbers, right? You say, okay, this is a, and I'll just give you an example in Charleston, South Carolina, a $250,000 home. You take uh, two, uh, 3.5% of that. I don't have a calculator in front of me, but if you take 3.5% of that, that'll be your down payment. 
I would also tack on a little bit of a percentage uh, just to cover closing costs. So you're gonna have probably like three to 5% in closing costs potentially, in addition to your down payment. I would cover that. I would just make sure you cover that. Once you buy the house, you close on the house. Um, once you get the house, in fact, during the, uh, right before, like before you close on the house, what I would suggest, you know, while underwriting is happening and lending is happening and all that, um, you know, with your lender and you're, you're giving them paperwork and you're doing that and you're giving them info, you're calling up the attorney, uh, in South Carolina, it's an attorney closing state. So you call the attorney in South Carolina, um, other, other states you'll have, uh, title agencies with closing. So it'll differ depending on the state. Once you close on the house or before you close on the house, what you should be doing is posting, uh, online can be Craigslist. It can be Facebook marketplace. It can be, you know, any website to post, to see, um, you know, to see, uh, to rent the rooms out, right? You could do it that way or you could do it on Airbnb. Okay. Those are two strategies. I personally tried both and I did Airbnb and I made some nice extra cash that way. And, um, both are fine, but I found that, uh, because I travel so much, I found that with Airbnb, it was more challenging for me. Um, because I have to clean, you know, clean the room every time and do my own things. If I hired somebody to do it, I could do that. It would be more efficient, but I found that I like having the more consistency per room and having the tenants sign a lease per room. So what they're doing is let's say you bought a three bedroom. Okay. And you can start with a single family home. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start out with a multifamily. Um, I would, there's a Brandon Turner from bigger, bigger pockets has a concept called stacking where you stack single family home, then you buy a multifamily, then you buy a quadplex, then you buy an eight unit, then you buy a 12 unit. So I like that style, but you got to start somewhere. Um, meaning save your money, down payment on house, buy the house, uh, get the house, uh, rent the rooms out and make sure that you're renting the rooms out based on the local rents. And if, if you're going to charge higher rent, give them more value, right? Make sure you have, you know, washer and dryer units in there. Make sure you have you know, uh, nice flat screen TVs, make sure you have hardwood floors, make sure you have a nice, uh, organized clean kitchen with maybe granite countertops. You got to give something of value to your potential customers, which is your tenants. Those are your customers, right? Um, and you also have, you also have to put yourself in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. Like I mentioned earlier, where you live in one room and then you rent out the other rooms. Now I know most of you won't be able to do that because maybe you have family or you have kids or you have, you know, a wife or a husband or something. But what I would suggest is, um, in order to do this, you have to, you know, you have to sacrifice a couple of things by having, you know, roommates basically. Right. But the sacrifice is worth it in my experience, because what you're doing is you're, you're having roommates, but you're, but the roommates are paying you rent. So they're really tenants. You're the landlord. Okay. Um, now, what I like about this model is I'm first of all, increasing my income and making sure. And so first of all, it takes time. I just want to make sure this is clear too. Um, it took me almost six months to seven months to get my first, uh, you know, I say client or customer or tenant. Um, and it's going to differ depending on the market because you know, you'll have a, a large, you know, you have a number of people in, in your market and you'll have maybe like a million people or hundred thousand people or 50,000 people. So the more people there are, the more likely you are to get a lot more messages. 
also it's a real okay let me tell you this so i put my i put my house on the market on facebook marketplace and on craigslist and and on other websites if you google like roommate websites on Facebook is probably right now it, it'll change over time but right now I think Facebook is the most efficient way to do it um, because what you do is you post it on there as a room for rent put in the you put in a very clear full description right with the description of the home the description of the roommates if there are roommates yet description of you a little bit you know without giving out too much information because um, it is public Make sure you put the requirements of the individual that you want to show up in the home, right? Meaning, you know, they haven't been evicted before, for example. Um, and I have a whole list. If you want me to send it to you guys, just message me um, on Instagram or email me. Um, probably message me on Instagram is better. So um, what you do is you put in the requirements so that it's clear to that person. And not everybody reads the full thing, but you want to make sure you do your due diligence. So put the full description of what your requirements are for a tenant. And then once you do that, you'll start getting messages from people. In fact, I remember one um, when I first posted it, when I posted my uh, one of my rooms for the first time, it probably, I probably got like, I don't know, a dozen in a week, like messages of you know, people in a week. And what will happen is they'll send, it'll send you a canned message because all they do is like, um, it'll send you a canned message and all they do is like click a button. And that button, um, you know, will send you like, Hey, is this available? Or hey, is this still available? And Facebook will do that easily for you, you know, or for the prospective person that's looking for the room. So anyway, so what I started doing is I found that um, I I started like canning my own messages. So I would I would open up Evernote, write you know, write some questions in there, and I sent over like kind of like a and not an application, <coughs> but like generic questions about you know, have you been evicted before? Have you been this? And um, I tried that and that worked really well. So the point of doing that is to weed out the people that were too lazy. If those, if the people were too lazy to respond back to some questions, then, they, then they're not a good tenant for me, right? That was the idea. So that's how I approached it. I gave them like five to six questions. If they responded back, I would say like, oh, cool. Thanks for responding back. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And that's really what it was. And then they'd give me more info about them, you know, if they'd be a good fit. If I, if I felt like they would be a good fit, Okay, then I would reach back out and I would say, cool, thanks for reaching out. Let's schedule a showing. When are you available? And then I would, and then I would schedule it with them. Okay, uh, and schedule, like schedule the showing with them and make sure, you know, that they're available when I'm available. So just kind of like pull up your calendar, send them an invite, make sure that we're on the same page. You know, just stuff like that. Very basic, like like administrative stuff. So these things take a while guys like this isn't gonna happen overnight finding a good tenant um, now I also have a very strict um, application screening process so there are tons of online application screening websites and I make the tenant pay an application fee up front in order to do the, the background check and the credit check because um, that also weeds out other people that are not willing to pay you know a $40 um, I think it was $40 $40 application fee so if you can't pay a $40 application fee, then you probably don't have a security deposit and you probably can't afford living at the house for the room, right? So that's, if you think about that, kind of makes sense, you know, and, and by doing that inform, like doing that upfront with people on Facebook and getting them to, um, it's, it's, and I hesitate to say this, but get, making them jump through hoops 
but for the benefit of you as a, as a landlord, because you own the home, right? This is your home that you're bringing complete strangers into, and you're allowing them to live there while you live there. So it's a little weird for some people. And in fact, when I talk to my family and some friends about that, they're like, really, you don't even know this person and you're bringing them in your home. And that's, unfortunately, those people that say that come from a very uh, fixed mindset and they don't realize that there's so much opportunity if you're just willing, if you're just willing to open your, open your mind up and allow yourself to have you know, roommates and tenants. Okay, now let me just give you the numbers behind this. I'd say out of about 30 or so, maybe 35 people that messaged me, maybe 10% of those were actually viable options. Okay, so let's just say 35, we'll say 40, make it easy. Out of 50, five, five were able to get back to me properly um, with responses, good responses. Um, and when they got back to me, I was able to you know, schedule time with them. Maybe like three out of the five scheduled time with me. And then two, maybe two or one of them seemed like a good fit and then they would apply for the, for the room. And what happens with that is, it, you, so you can see it's, like, it's kind of like a numbers game, but don't get discouraged when you're finding, looking for a roommate. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that part enough where you know, it's, it's gonna be a little bit nerve wracking, not nerve wracking, but it's gonna be a little bit, um, what's the word? Um, I guess like time, it's time consuming. So it's very time consuming it can be time consuming if you don't have the systems right. So like I said, I opened up Evernote, copy pasted my canned messages, and then um, just kind of like took it from there. So um, that part about house hacking, I think is very undervalued or underrated and undervalued. Um, what I would also, what I've also done is I've talked to local property managers to ask them, hey, how do you guys find, you know, how do you guys find, um, good tenants and how do you how do you get tenants and just kind of learning from the people that are in the industry right those are property managers and I would say most of them that I talked to they were like Facebook is probably the best one right now for you know using marketplace because of the way that the system is set up it's like automatic notifications helps you get uh, messages very quickly you can quickly um, look at the person's Facebook page and not judge them but you can see like if they're posting things that maybe wouldn't mesh with your um, you know maybe wouldn't mesh with your personality or whatever it is, right? So it helps you just kind of like see see if they're a good fit for your uh, for your living with you because they're gonna be sitting, you know, living with you in your home. Now, I would say be very careful with the Fair Housing Act. That's a very um, big deal. So you cannot discriminate, okay? Do not discriminate at all. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is see if the person is posting, you know, uh, with similar interests that you have. And if they do, great. They might be a good, really good tenant, um, really good roommate for you, okay? So that's that's a really a key uh, critical factor when it comes to you know house hacking. So I, I went like on a tangent there with um, with finding roommates. But once you find once you find roommates and it takes time, okay, it took me about two and a half years to fill three of my rooms, and um, I have a second year tenant, which is great. And so once they're you know once they once they um, are in, it's great because it it makes it easy for them, makes it easy for you. You can take. Um, payments through you know like Venmo you could take a check you could take cash it's up to you how you want to do it um, I think even Facebook has a payment section so you could do Facebook payments and things like that uh, I would just say like look for a way so that you're not getting charged um, I'm like very I'm pretty frugal when it comes to you know things like that like um, fees and 
and hidden charges and stuff. So I would say try to do that. Try to figure out a way um, to to not get charged all this money on you know um, through a processor. But once you have them in, then you're cash flowing. Okay. Now let's talk about cash flow versus net cash flow. Cash flow means that you're getting income in. Okay. Let's let's just say for the purpose of easy numbers, let's just say that your your um, mortgage is a thousand dollars a month. If you have fifteen hundred dollars a month in tenants, I'm just trying to make easy numbers here. These are not actual numbers or figures. If I have fifteen hundred dollars a month in three, let's say three rooms, and my mortgage is one thousand dollars, my net cash flow is five hundred dollars a month. So guess what's happening? The equity in my home is increasing for me because I have ownership of the home. My mortgage is getting paid off by the tenants, right? And um, I have the and I and I'm making good friends. <laughs> so it's like a win-win-win, you know. And plus, I'm giving I'm giving uh, my roommates slash tenants an opportunity to live in affordable housing in a room, you know, with privacy. They have their own bathrooms in some cases. They have their own obviously their own room themselves. So it's really it's really a win-win-win for everybody. Um, then what hap- I think what's going to happen in the future with a lot of these um, house hacking things, um, what happens is when you're around proximity of the of the people that own the house, right? They start learning from you too. So you can you can teach your your roommates if they're interested. You can teach your tenants slash roommates what you've done, and then they could do it on their own. I you know, and I encourage that actually because like they're because I'm teaching them something that is going to help them in life. That's what I, that's part of my purpose is to help others. Right. And so by teaching them what I've done and then they go do it themselves and they are successful with it. I feel, I find a ton of fulfillment and it's very rewarding to see that, to help other people succeed. Okay. That's what the rich life is all about. Guys, this podcast is to help you live your best life, improve your life in in every area and aspect of your life whether it's health, whether it's finance, whether it's relationships, whether it's giving back to your community and um, volunteering. So with that, I want to thank you. I hope you enjoyed um, this episode of The Rich Life. This was a, a pretty interesting one. I hope you, I hope you found it interesting with, uh, in regards to house hacking. I would suggest that people do this. Okay, Not everyone is going to be able to do this, but I would suggest try it. Try it and see what happens. That's all you can do. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Rich Life, the key to living your best life. Remember to subscribe, leave a review, and I answer all my direct messages on Instagram at Rich and at Beach Property Guy. Take care.